out of the matrix, what do I mean by that? Okay, maybe uh, on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm in Florianapolis, Brazil, doing one of the most amazing hikes, drinking vino with a girl, a financial advisor who's on LSD, three <laughs> hours of incredible views that I land on a deserted, empty beach. Where we hustle out of a sense of hopelessness, sort of a desperation. Through that desperation, we come addicted. Sort of like the fiends we accustomed to serving. Where we feel we have nothing to lose. So we offer you, well, we offer our lives. What do you bring to the table? Why I'm watching every nigga watching me closely. My shit is butter for the bread they want to toast me. Back in bold, B-O-L-D, we're back. Last time we did a solo pod, just us. I guess it's not solo, it's a, it's a duo, but Nick came out firing about double wood and how he wakes up in the morning with double wood, it appears to him. But that's not the only thing that you're going to get when you take Tanga Ali or any other double wood supplement. I recently started taking two in the morning, and goddamn, do I feel like I am a jet compared to a Southwest Airline commercial plane. You just operate on a different level. It's fun. You feel confident. You feel as if everything you're saying is pure gold, and I don't think it's an illusion either. Actually, I know it's not an illusion. You just operate like a well-oiled machine, and you also can. And we're giving you monetary value with the promo code BOLD15 on the Doublewood Supplements website. It takes 15% off whatever you're getting. Also, Nick, I just saw Doublewood has chlorophyll, which I don't know if... Have you taken chlorophyll before? So chlorophyll, something that in, induces so much focus that I swear to God, I've taken it and I, I can't even blink. Like I'm that focused. I'm that locked in. So that's just an example. They got other things other than uh, our favorite, Tanga Ali. But again, Bold 15, Doublewood Supplements, the latest sponsor. Go use it, baby. Go use it. Yeah, just make sure you use our link and we get credit for it. It's a way to support us. They are very nice people, good company, made in America. You know, you can support American companies, American workers. Remember, we're not doctors. We're not any of that. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. Uh, talk to your doctor, et cetera, et cetera. But I have been very into nootropic supplements, vitamins for a long time, probably since I was 18, 17. And I really like Tanga Ali extract. Like George said, the benefits are freaking nice. Moving on, George, M-Beam 10. That is crazy. It's amazing to see him come to fruitation. That dude's worked his ass off. He's been made fun of. We had him on uh, probably last year, March, and now he's freaking with Mr. Beast. He's getting millions of views on videos. I had a good conversation with him when he was in the porta potty for 50 hours. He did a challenge. We talked for about 30 minutes, and... It was just cool, man. He loves us. He, he says, you guys were only, one of the only people that believed in us. He wants to do a podcast as soon as, as possible. And it's just so neat to see bold people do shit. Because when we had him on, you could just feel like this, this kid was going to do it. You know what I mean? Like you could just put your money behind him. It's the bold delusion thing that we like to talk about. He clearly had the confidence, the no fucks given attitude. Uh, and it's a healthy amount of it, right? Like, it's one thing to have this this confidence, but it's another to actually do, which we talk about all the time. Doers, connecting the doers. 
and he did it. And it's cool because he he went through that bad breakup too. And I think his ex told him like you'll never be shit on YouTube or some some bullshit like that. And then today he just got his plaque for it's like a golden plaque from YouTube themselves that says like congrats on 100k followers. And he's posting stories of you know his video hitting a million views within 10 hours. He's the number third trending topic on YouTube. It's just cool. It's cool. And uh, you bet your bottom dollar when we had him on, people were like, who the hell is this kid? Like, they're reaching, bold's reaching for guests. But play the long game, baby. Buy the dips on our guests because they're, they're going to do shit. They're going to do shit. Oh, I talk to you about this all the time, about the intrinsic intrinsic value of the, of the podcast, about building these relationships and, and networking with these people. It's invaluable. But he's a great story of – uh, an overnight success in quotation marks. This dude was pumping out for a year straight a video every Tuesday, getting like 300 freaking views. Then he said, fuck it, take out the PP loan or take out the small business loan and bet it all. And he got screwed on that. He went to Logan Paul with the, the car. And I guess he there's something weird about that. And he didn't let it affect him. This dude risked everything. He took a loan out to make YouTube videos. It is amazing. Another uh, cool connection we had just recently, a dude saw the title in Florianapolis. He's a New Zealand dude, crypto guy living in Brazil. Just got his, uh, got married. So he got his, I think, uh, long-term thing. He's trying to get citizenship. Um, he hit uh, us up on the Instagram because he listens to the, the the episode. And I met with him the other day. 23-year-old kid. He's probably been traveling since he was 17. He used to be like a, a dorky, nerdy computer programmer guy. And, uh, dude, he's got a story. I'm going to record with him in the next couple of days. But how freaking cool is that? You put value out in the world. We had a nice conversation. Hopefully develop a good friendship. Maybe do some business together. Um, he's really deep into crypto. He's part of the easycrypto.com exchange. He's opening up the Brazil um, business side of it. They're in New Zealand, Australia, a couple other different ones. And, uh, man, I, I love meeting people that do shit. Yes, that's what it's all about. People that actually put one foot in front of the other. And I mean, you can learn as much as you want. You can talk that you're going to do it and you can learn and, you know, expand the knowledge as much as you want. But the fine line of people that are going to get shit done comes in the action step. And these, these people do it. And I also think it's cool uh, that he found us because a lot of people actually find us uh, away from Instagram and socials. Like that's our main channel to market it. But a lot of people I've I've been told found it just on the podcast app on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, wherever they are. That's just another example of a real world connection off social media. So that uh, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel bold butterflies inside. Is that too yeah, rich for you, Nick? No, George. You made, yeah, you made some good points here about like the action. I mean, you kind of have an internal battle behind the scenes about. Cause like, look, me and you, we're both bold in our own rights, but we're on like different sides of the spectrum. You know what I mean, you did the kind of what you were told to do and it worked out freaking good. You're living good. You're looking good, et cetera, et cetera. And I went on the other end. And so we have like kind of different ideas, but they also match well about what it means to, to live bold. But a big thing that it comes down to a lot of the times I think is like the self-improvement thing compared to action. And um, I, I go back to that quote, like Tyler Durden, like self-improvement is masturbation, self-destruction, on the other hand. And a lot of people say that quote is, you know, there's a lot of weird meanings to it. And what does it really mean? 
And how I take it, and I think a lot of other people took it, is basically a lot of this self-improvement is, uh, you know, mind wank or let's all jerk off in the corner and, and act like we're doing something. But in reality, it's going it's going nowhere. It's like um, example for me when I was younger and football as a quarterback, one of my weakest things was um, um, footwork, like drops and one, two, three, bang, et cetera. I could always throw. I was always smart. But this is the one thing that was holding me back a lot. Right. And uh, I would, uh, you know, do I would throw all the time and do routes and do plays and et cetera, et cetera. And I would feel good. It would be massaging my ego. Like, look at me. I'm working hard. It wasn't until I got to um, uh, NCAA that my coach said, no, we, you can't drop like that anymore. You need to learn the correct way for it to flow in our offense. And I'm like, no, like I've been doing this way and I don't need to, et cetera. He's like, no, you're doing it. And I didn't like that. I don't like being told that like, you better freaking do it. Thank God he did because it turned out to be a wonderful thing. But I sucked for like two weeks when I was forced to do this new drop. Like and I was pissed off and my ego was just destroyed, not destroyed, but it was like taking darts. Like, fuck, am I any good anymore? Like I have to do this, et cetera. But that was a destruction. You know what I mean? I could have kept jerking off in the corner, you know, only throwing fade balls and, and uh, slants to massage my ego. And that's self-improvement, right? But this is what I really needed. I really needed to get destroyed and, and built back up with my footwork. Another example of this is uh, with a woman. Like dudes like, oh, they want to get, uh, they want to get laid. And uh, so they just work out all the time and, and take good photos and, and try to dress nicer, which is good and stuff like that. But they won't go talk to a girl in the street or they're scared of the, the person in the, in the work. They, they rely on Tinder and Instagram and so like they say they want to solve an issue, but really they do not want to get that reality check what it takes to go talk to a pretty girl on the street and get flat out denied because you look like or you talk like a goofball. You don't know how to communicate. You don't know to develop that, that confidence, those skills. And when you get that slap in the face from reality, that hurts your ego big time. So me and you, we kind of go back and forth on self-improvement versus action versus, you know, et cetera. Uh, and I want to jump in quick before we get into that. So the uh, the the drop back footwork example for yourself, that kind of goes with a saying I have heard and internalized for a while. I heard it a long time ago, but I recently just internalized it. And it went something like, what got you here won't get you there. And basically, when you were younger, using this metaphor, you got the racket arm, you still got the racket arm, at least I can, at least what I can see from huddle. I don't know, I'm not at your games. But, uh, I mean, obviously there was a blind spot and you can get by for a while with your strengths. But once it comes time to check your ego and somebody superior to you is saying, you got to focus on this blind spot, you got to improve your footwork. It's tough to acknowledge it because we live in a society where you can get by on strengths and people want to avoid their blind spots just, just for egotistical reasons too. But I mean, if you actually want to go to the next level, switching back to the self-improvement thing that we talk about and bicker about, it all, it all does come down to action and doing it. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like a temporary hurt thing, like a, a one step back to take two steps forward type of bit. But I, I think it's important to- and That's the thing right there though. That's the problem with I have with the communities. I used to be Mr. Oh yeah, happy. Let's hold hands and jerk off and, and say we're self-improving. A lot of it's tough. And now you're not jerking off. And now you're not jerking off. The Instagram yeah. saw that. That was one of our most back stories, by the way. And oh, shit. Well, I'll get back to it before I lose my point. But that's like the point of like a lot of this fake guru self-help crap is like, it's just to 
massage your ego and think you're doing something, but th there's no real action that like hurts you. Cause this, this self real self-improvement, you're going to get hurt big time. You're going to take a lot of steps back before you go forward. And that's not as pretty and attractive to the people who, you know, do uh, new year's re resolutions. Oh, I'm going to do this. And Oh yeah. Tell all my Facebook friends. Like, and then they don't do it. Know what I mean? Because it actually hurts when no one's watching. They can't get their instant dopamine from the likes they, they posted on the Facebook status. So it's like, that's the issue I have with just being, oh, happy, go lucky. Because like bold action and, and uh, the rugged truth we talk about, like that hurts. That's not easy. The truth will set you free. Let me read this to you quick. Uh, this guy on Reddit wrote something good about that quote from Tyler Gernon in, in Fight Club. Working towards a goal is meaningless unless you know it is the right goal. Most people work hard, but they are working hard at the wrong things. They improve themselves, but are aiming for the wrong goals. These people are merely doing what is expected of them. Their goals are not their own. Their ambitions and dreams are those placed upon them by our culture. There's some more on this. Talk about uh, how we embrace the rat race and play the game, but we should you know, stop and try to find what makes us happy. They also say reject the values offered to you. Discover your own. Reject the goals offered to you, discover your own, and reject the dreams offered to you, discover your own. And I think that goes really into that, that self-improvement thing. Like, why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Like, what is the reason you're going towards it? And you got to figure that out, I think. So Anthony Pompliano, he's uh, like one of the godfathers of the crypto, which is like kind of a new self-improvement realm in of itself. But in the crypto realm, in the crypto cult on the internet, Anthony Pompliano has great stuff. And I uh, I read his morning newsletters from time to time. And he just wrote about this, about how if you, even if you succeed and you win the rat race, like you're at the top, you, you climb it up and you win. Like, let's just say you win, whatever that means to you. Internalize that, close your eyes, imagine yourself winning the rat race. Well, you're still a rat. You're still a rat, and odds are you're doing it because of others imposing those goals on you. Like, do you actually want that? Um, and another another example from Pompliano himself, he recently had talked to a very, very successful businesswoman, and she had quit her job, a very high-level job, to be with her kids more. And everybody on the outside was like, okay, you, you're a quitter, like you, you're foregoing all this money. But in, in, in reality, she was happy because she got to spend time with her kids. And that's what she wanted instead of listening to society and the culture saying you got to win the rat race to be happy or whatever, you, whatever. And it's just, but it's an interesting balance because at the same time, you don't want to use that as a crutch to quit something. So like, it's, it's such a tough line to toe in my opinion. Uh, like based on, you know, cause society's pushing mental health, do whatever makes you feel happy, but that can't be a bullshit reason to quit something hard at the same time. You know what I mean? This kind of goes with our conversation right now. It's a, it's a tough line to tell. George. Yeah. This relates exactly to what we were talking about earlier regarding Rogers and how miserable he looked on the Pat McAfee show with the whole situation that we can't, we can't say the words to, you know, we, we get all our stuff. Like we literally see it on Instagram. If we talk about this, all our engagement goes down. I mean, it's just freaking stupid. But and I was talking to you, and I've been saying it for, for a while now. And before I would say, okay, the CFL offered me, uh, which is the Canadian Football League. They pay eighty to $100,000. That's good competition. They play like 16 games. Like it's the second best league in the world. 
I said, I said, there's no way in hell I would do that. Now I said, if like the Minnesota Vikings hometown said, Hey, we want you to come on the practice squad. These people got hurt. You know, they have guys on practice squad. They make like 150,000. I think some up to 500,000. I've been saying this for a while. I would have a very, very hard time saying yes. The only way I would probably say yes is to say I did it. Cause this is like a kid dream. Right. But going back to what I just read, like whose dream was that? Like that was the bubble I grew up in. That was the cool thing. That was the exciting thing. These last three years, like we talked about um, in the exposure thing with uh, T-Bob, I realized like, oh my God, like what if I went down that route? Like where would my life be? What would I know what I like, what I don't like? My life is totally changed. It's totally, bubbles have been popped. What really makes me happy? What doesn't make me happy? I'm so glad that the weird path I've taken in life has led me to here. And that's goes into what we were talking about is like, what makes you happy? Like, is it the, is it the, the government or is it the media that's saying like, oh, this will be your ideally happy life? That I mean, what you grow up in. I was watching football when I was younger. I saw this, I that. Like, what really makes you happy? And are you working towards that? Or are you just doing what everyone else is doing? And that's your self-improvement. You know what I'm saying? Like, because Rogers, Rogers making $30 million a year, whatever. He's done it all. He's got the fame. He's got the championship. I mean, he's the shit. How miserable did he look? I mean, in that thing, it was like he was a, a, literally a prisoner. I mean, it didn't look fun. Yeah, you got $30 million, but this is your life if you go to NFL and your body is the product. I mean, they really don't give a F about your the head and, and all that, the, the concussions. Yeah, you get paid for it, but you're, you know, that's what I kind of agree with Kaepernick, you know, and he got bashed for this. But it is, you know, somewhat close to slavery. Labor. Obviously, it's way different, but it's like you're meat. You're a freaking product, and you go. You're a gladiator in Rome. That's what it is. The NFL. You're a gladiator in Rome. Okay, so that's that's honestly why I think Rodgers. If you guys follow the NFL, I'm a giant Packer fan, so I know the ins and the outs. Giant, uh, such a big Packer fan, it probably is unhealthy. I'm dead serious, but that's probably why Rodgers got so upset about them drafting his eventual replacement, or apparently his replacement in Jordan Love, because he understands that the NFL. He, he even though he is a legend forever in the Green Bay community and in the NFL, period, it's undisputable. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks ever. He saw them for a, a little bit look at him as a piece of meat. They looked at his stats and his output and say, okay, he's declining. We need a, a quarterback. And even though he's done invaluable things for us, we're going to draft his replacement and not tell him. And he is so, he's such a smart guy that he saw the writing on the wall and saw that they were bringing in a, a, a younger, fresher guy, big arm, athletic like him, and he probably felt slighted by that because he can see through, he can read the writing on the wall and see that he eventually will get replaced just like everybody else. And, I mean, he's, I hate to throw around the word woke, but he saw it. He, he, he understood the business and that how he was kind of being treated as a commodity, and it's just the reality of it. But going, going back to what you said, let's say uh, you did get a practice squad spot on the Vikes. You grew up watching football, obviously, as a kid in America, like the utmost form of, of untouchability and respect would be being able to put on your resume, whatever resume you got, NFL quarterback, practice squad, Minnesota Vikings, everybody around you. From your old town, from your old new town, anywhere you lived in Minnesota would have automatically associated you with the NFL. And in their minds, they're saying successful. He's successful. 
And then others, if they looked at you now and said, okay, so he's playing internationally, he must have failed. He must have failed. Oh, oh he's a failure then. He, he didn't even play in the CFL, failure. And that's what everybody else group thinks. But in reality, you're doing what you actually want. You have a life outside of it, just like Rodgers in Jeopardy. And he gets, he gets crucified for doing Jeopardy and other things outside of football, by the way. Tom Brady's celebrated because he lives, breathes, eats, shits football, at least to the public perception. We don't know if he does. But it's just interesting how it all works, how others will set expectations for you. And even if it doesn't make you happy and uh, fulfilled, if, if you don't go along with those narratives to the outside, you are considered a failure. But it's, I, you take, I can see that you got something to say. Take it away. Yeah, there's no question. Well, I experienced it in, in college football. This It's 120,000% um, a business, which is sad because, you know, these are little kids, you know, or, I mean, kids, 18-year-olds getting lied to, manipulated. Um, you know, these coaches got to put food on the table, and it just is what it is. It's a brutal business. That was better with that, that you can make money as a college athlete. I think that's beautiful, fantastic. But, yeah, like anything, it's a business, and that is what it is. You get paid millions of dollars. So don't take that slavery analogy out of whatever. Like, I, I don't agree with Kaepernick on it, but I'm telling you, it's not like – I know guys in the NFL. It's – and I, the way I saw Rodgers like that, I don't think it's the dream. Like, when you're a kid, like you said, you, it's the, the most respect thing in, in America. It's like the soccer people for international. Like, that is the shit. But I don't think it's – I mean, here's a funny thing. I was talking to my dad, and we were saying, like, five years ago, if you would have thought you'd be sitting in Florianapolis, Brazil, you know – at this time, like, I mean, you never think that. And I'm at the happiest I think I've ever been in my life. And this is for everyone, you know, going through things or they want to change things. You don't know what path, like, is the one that's going to make you happy. You know what I mean? Five years ago, I would have never imagined I would be where I am right now. And this is where I feel great. This is where I feel happy. And that's just a trippy thing to think about where, you know, what you're doing today and what you think you want in five years could be you could be the exact opposite and uh that that would make you happy in what you actually really needed to do and see and, and experience and live so and this goes this goes with kind of me and you button heads sometimes so one one of the gripes i have with you sometimes is you'll go out there and you'll have this uh when i called you toned out the other day you didn't like it but you'll 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 throw like a travel story up and act from my perception as if it's uh, like the way to do it. Like it's the way to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to do this. This is the best way to do it. Obviously there's no universal route, but what you're trying to say, I, I'm playing Google translate here. For, for you, that was like the most, five years back saying, yeah, I'm in Brazil playing quarterback in Italy. Like that's not even, that wasn't even an option in your brain. You didn't even conceive that that's what you even could be doing. That You didn't even think there'd be like a 5% chance. There's 100 ping pong balls, five on them say Brazil. No, not even that. Maybe not even one. But the fact that you did it and you're so happy and you're so fulfilled and you're, and you're free, I mean, people need to understand that the, the most out there thing that they conceive right now could be like the way it should be for them. And it just, they, they need to take that into consideration that like what they got going right now, don't be stubborn about it because nothing lasts forever, A. And B, 
you have no idea what's on the other side beyond your your current common interests and goals it just it could be a lot different for a, a very positive outcome i would say if i'm making sense here yeah and yeah i don't mean to come off as like you're an, you're a jackass and an idiot for living in america well i mean you know fried seafood on the beach with the bottle of vino for 20 bucks with beautiful brazilian woman like i don't it may come off like that you got to be people like I do marketing for other different things too. And I've studied all this marketing crap. It's all about getting emotions going. That's why how, how important bait media is. Like it's better almost if people get mad because then they do action. Know what I mean? So like you got to like throw out stuff that and make them think what they want. And because then it gets clicks and, and backs and I don't want to be fake or anything, but I think I want to, this is what I know. This is what I've experienced. And this is what I'm going to showcase. And that's why I'm glad you're a part of this and we've been doing it. You've been on here for almost a freaking year and a half is that you balance it out on the other end. Know what I mean? Like you can, you're the, the normal nine to five guy, which is funny though, because you said you need to change. You need to get out of, of, of Minneapolis. But I just, I try to show what I've experienced and what I've done. I don't mean to, to come across like a jackass. Cause like I said, five years ago, I had no idea this would make me happy. Know what I mean? And it's not like everyone has to follow my path to be happy. There's a ton of different shit that they know now and they maybe will find out later if they, but the biggest thing is the exposure. Like talk about that T-Bop. Like you get exposed to these new ideas, these new things, and then you figure out like, oh shit, this actually makes me happy. Yeah. And it's, it's natural to reject uh, anything that's not in your realm. Right. And so another, another thing with our marketing and where me and you are different I mean, we're, we're the same. It's just different levels of intensity, I would say. Um, so when we talk about like government and like experts being wrong, you got to think in terms of metaphors with us, okay? Like we're not saying, oh my God, don't listen to anything the government has taught you. Um, <laughs> like just reject it all. Question everything. Question everything to an unhealthy degree. No, look, look at your life. Take the government example. We're simply just saying not everything that you look up to and internalize is correct. So therefore, that means there are things out there that you can learn on your own and that are good for you to learn on your own. And uh, we're both young guys. We're mid-20s. We don't have everything figured out. We might not have anything figured out. Just kidding. Bradley told me to never question myself. But just think about it in metaphorical terms. Whenever we put anything up on the story, there's deeper thought behind it. It's not just about ditching your fiat money 100% for crypto. It's it's about looking at your life in terms of what do you think are the constants, the known facts, and just realizing it, it's not that way. It's just literally not that way. Have a bold perception. Seriously, have a bold perception. Yeah, well, look, I know you like to, because I think you hear it in person by some people like, you guys are fucking crazy and you have to deal with it in person. I don't, so I don't really need to care. But all we're doing is exposing different ideas. Like that's that's the key. And if these ideas make you angry, I would ask why. If they make you happy, I would ask why. But going back to the government thing, yes, I am very, and I became like this by the last two years, very anti any sort of rules, government Etc. And I wasn't like this before. I was pretty far right conservative type type of person. Um, it was funny because I posted this in the story and I, I had a rant. But 52% of young adults now live with their parents, the highest rate ever, surpassing even the Great Depression. The most educated and most in debt generation in history did everything they were supposed to and got this. 
Then he says, the system does not work. And my little rant was this. I think the system is working exactly how it's meant to work. And it hurts that you got sold a bunch of shit and it's going this way. But it is your job now to see that and be like, okay, I need to learn other things, expose myself to other things and get out of the system. What get got out of the you matrix. there won't get you here. What got you here won't get you there. That's what I'm saying. Like, think about other things you can fucking do. And to your point, the system is working perfectly. Because do you think... You, you think that the uh, the elitists or whoever is, in fact, in charge wants a bunch of fucking woke, quote unquote, brainiacs running around like just absolutely taking their pedal to the metal in their lives. No, they just want they I'm sorry. it's It sounds harsh and it sounds conspiratorial. But like, do you think they want a bunch of people that are thinking for themselves and got a couple different things on the side outside of their job going on? No, it just it would throw off the dynamics of everything. And like you're saying, they went to school, they're educated, they, they got a job, they did it all the right Dora the Explorer treasure map way. And the map led to their parents' basement, dude. Like, that's the <laughs> bottom line. That, that, that is what it is. And there's, again, too, some of these people got to take freaking accountability. Like, I'm sorry your, your degree and whatever dumb shit um, doesn't get you paid. You know what I mean? Like, that's another thing. Like, people got to take responsibility. But... Like we've seen, it's also the easiest time in the world to get location independent income, to make money online, which no one else in that history of the world had a chance to do. So there's a lot of pros. I mean, it always comes down to self-accountability. Like, But if you want to bitch and say the system doesn't work, well, then you got to figure out a different system. And you also got to take accountability and realize like, yo, you got the shit out in the stick. And now my big thing is this. So if you know the system doesn't work and everything you were told, not everything, but a lot of it was BS and it hasn't worked out, then why do you keep listening to these people? Or why do you think giving them more money is going to solve all the issues when we have 28 trillion in debt? You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, okay, are they meant to just be told what to do? And that's what I've gotten to when I had T-Bob thing. I think a lot of people just want to be told what to do. They want to be told how to eat, shit, think, sleep. And that's fine if that makes you happy. It's like um, religion. And I'd say I'm pretty religious. I think I'm back in my Christianity. But it's like what Karl Marx said, it's the opiate for the masses. It, it gives you answers. It gives you um, a guideline, a way to live your life. And if that makes you happy, then you're happy. But if you're bitching and you're crying in your, your parents' basement, that's on you. And that's on you for listening to the wrong people. I mean, you can't blame them, too. You got to take the action. My squad and me lack of respect for authority. Laughing hard, happy to be escaping poverty. However, brief, I know this game got valleys and peaks. Expectation for dips, for precipitation, we stack chips. And hey, maybe maybe your parents' basement's where you're happiest. Maybe you're stacking money and putting it all in crypto. I don't know. Or you're buying, uh, you're, you're planning on flipping houses. I don't know what you're doing, but just realize that, I mean, the system is not. The effectiveness is just not what it once was. And here's here's the big objection we would get. If this is a sales pitch, if we're, if we're laying out our ideology for a uh, board of directors right now, this is what they would come back with. Okay, well, you guys are 26 and 25. You haven't been through multiple recessions. You haven't, you, you've only seen COVID. I've seen polio. I've seen bird, bird flu, swine flu, whatever the fuck else. Okay, well, the world, I'm sorry, the world is exponentially changing right now. 
Inflation, 6.2% over last year, highest in 31 years. Have you ever seen a crypto.com bubble? Have you ever seen an internet bubble? Uh, the, side, the social media, uh, that's, a, that's the number one marketing avenue now. So like you said, online money, anybody can do it. Also, knowledge is like free. Unlimited knowledge is all over the fucking internet right now. Like you can take a course for free and learn, learn something life-changing. Like every, everything is different. Everything is different compared to even 10 years ago. Think about, think about even politics before Trump and now after Trump, think about that game. I mean, it's just, I think, I think technology is behind it all. And, um, it, it, there's just never been a period like this. I'm, I'm, I'm damn near sure of it, at least in my life, at least in my quarter of a century. I, I just think you can't fall into the comfortable thinking pattern of, yep, we'll get out of it. This is the way it's always been because there's just different beasts out there now, good and bad. Uh, that's what I, that's what I really truly think. And maybe yeah, I'll look back and think I'm a naive idiot, but I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Yeah. I think after the world war two, we've been living in the most peaceful, prosperous time in the world, especially if you're an American citizen. So yeah, we've been um, very, everything's been very lucky kind of handed to us uh going back to my point with the 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 people you listen to i think the best thing is like to look at someone would i want to be there in 10 15 years then maybe listen to them but also there's a lot of fake gurus out there a lot of fake people so you gotta you know be aware of that you gotta pick and choose like you got the internet now you can research all anything you ever needed but my whole point is if where you are right now and you got there from listening to people who you were supposed to listen to and it didn't work, then why do you keep listening to people that you're supposed to listen to? It, 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 to me, it makes no sense. And uh, But like you said, too, it's you post that thing about that pig running away from the cops. And it's like become ungovernable. It's like they don't want people living in Brazil and have a beautiful apartment in, in Central next to the coolest clubs for $400. They don't want me coming here and banging all the Brazilian girls. You know what I mean? They don't want me not paying barely any minimum taxes to the, the United States government. They don't. And if everyone did that, I think society would collapse. So it's on you to, to get out of the matrix if that's what you want. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different other avenues and ways to make you happy, but you got to figure it out. There's many different ways to figure it out too. And so actually, what's, what is your take on that? Why? Why do they want people to remain sheep? Why do they want people to remain average and very compliant? How would society deconstruct? That's the world. I mean, you need people to deliver the Uber Eats. You need people at the grocery store. You need, I mean, this and that. Like, I think it's just a normal cog in the machine type thing. And I don't think it's bad. We talked about this last time, like how the nine to five was one of the best things that ever happened because you don't have to be an eight-year-old boy working in a factory getting lung cancer. I mean, just 120 years ago. Or we're not all uh, uh, farmers and peasants in medieval Europe when there's kings and, and you know, a little nobility, small class. So I think, um, you know, the system, the Rockefeller, all that stuff, it worked. It was good. But, you know, everything changes. And, and now with everything happening and America's not maybe as powerful as it used to be and uh, the third world's catching up, China, et cetera, you got to make changes. It's nothing is ever like people think America is just going to be the top dog forever. Like, you know, there's a lifespan to these, 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 uh, empires we've seen it all throughout history. None of them last. So people got to be ready for, it. I mean, look, I've said it here, people make $250 a month here and society functions. But I mean, think of that. That's crazy. 
you can make that begging on the street in, in Minneapolis in, in a day or two. <laughs> you probably can, honestly. It depends on what's going on in terms of uh, racial injustice, politics, and all that other agenda stuff that you can take advantage of. But um, I don't think I'll be begging on the street for money. Maybe I could. I don't. Maybe that's what I want to be doing in five years. Like you're in Brazil. Maybe I'm happiest. Uh, you know, I don't know. Do you want to hear a story? Listen to this. Listen to this. Bologna in Italy, where I lived for two years. Uh, it's that's called the fat one, the best one in Italy, the red or um, the learned one, the oldest university in the world continuously, and uh, the red one, La Rosa, which is uh, a communist. They were really communist. They still have a lot of roots there. So they're they're famous for a lot of beggars. I've met a lot of them. Like a lot of them are nice dudes. There's a famous one that sits outside this really nice building in the heart of Bologna, and uh, he's been there for I think. 30 or 40 years begging, saying he's poor. He owns the building. Isn't that crazy? He oh. owns the huge building in the middle of Bologna, and he begs on the street for the last 40 years. Does he make good dough? Yeah. I, the, those, there's one guy I made friends with. He's Nigerian. They speak English over the COVID thing or whatever. I was walking and talked to him. I said, I'm not giving you money. If I give you money, I got to give everyone money. I ended up getting a beer because we started becoming friends. And he told me, but I think 25,000 to 30,000 euros a year he makes begging tax-free. The average yearly salary <laughs> in Italy is 24,000 in the North, which is the rich part. So he makes more than them. And he doesn't pay taxes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get why you do this now. And okay. So I'm not saying go beg for money, but see, look at the perception of him in the public eye would be fucking total doormat, total societal doormat in reality. It's making more money than you which you praise and you think the best way is to standardly spend more than you earn, go to the nine to five. It'll all be good if you do that. Yet a guy that you look as a literal, you look at him as a jester in uh, the King's castle. He's making King's guard money, which is, it's just a blown perception. It's just a blown. Well, honestly, perception. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of, I mean, he's a parasite and I would never want to be a parasite, but no, that's not, I'm not trying to, okay, it's a, it's a word. People think uh, whatever. And, uh, but look, at he's sticking it to the government. He's sticking it to everybody. He's saying, F the government. I'm not paying taxes. I'm going to get my money on the street. I'll put up with a little humility or whatever. He wears the, the mask so you can't see his face anymore, which is, you know, you can hide still, which is nice. But I kind of like it. He's saying F you, like F the way it's supposed to go. I'm going to live like this. Um, George, I got some stories of, uh, hiking yesterday i went hiking we put it on the story uh, also hike. did you huh? see did you see my instagram story where i was like i was just you i was lost yeah i thought you were lost eh? and like as i'm recording it i le i legitimately like spectate the car in front of me just get absolutely pummeled like as i got the camera in my face on the road like not paying attention to the road i just see somebody get absolutely slaughtered uh rear-ended everybody's okay don't worry i didn't even see a car dance but that's that was awesome. That was a universe wink, but what happened on the hike? Okay, so I hung out with this girl like a, like a week ago. Everything was good. Nice girl, speaks English. Financial advisor. This comes back later in the story. And she said she's into hiking. She's done like 40 hikes around Florianapolis. There's some like amazing hiking. And I'm like, okay, you need to take me. Like, I want to do this. This sounds great. So we set it up for uh, uh, Tuesday, yesterday. And um, as we got in the, the Uber, like, so I know her, like, you know, we got some drinks the one night we hung out. Right. So I, I kind of know her, but I don't, I don't know her. Right. And uh, she's going to take me to, you know, I'm in Brazil and she's going to take me to this three hour hike 
you know, in the south of the island where it's a little shady, right? And as we get, um, she came to my place and then uh, we had to pack all that kind of stuff. And she's like, aren't you scared? I'm like, scared? Well, why would I be scared? She's like, well, you don't know me. You don't know this hike. You don't even know the area. Like, you, I could be totally kidnapping you. I mean, you could, I mean, I'm like, no, I didn't even think about it. Like, I'm not scared. She's like, like shocked. She, she couldn't believe it. Anyways, we go, uh, she's, she's, uh, smokes, smokes pot every day. Financial advisor, uh, takes LSD. I'm like, Oh shit. Like what if she goes crazy and I got to figure out my way in this, this jungle and I'm drinking vino. And, uh, but yeah, we go through this and it was unreal, unreal. I got some of the coolest videos and, and, uh, photographs three hours. She's actually freaking good. Like, um, she kept up with me good because I like to get moving on that stuff. And we got to this beach, the famous hidden beach, and no one was there because it was like it was like 72 degrees, but not as much sun. And uh, we, there's one bar. There's two bars. And uh, one's like this pirate bar, and this other one is this bar. It's like it's called the Monster Bar. And this Brazilian dude built it himself five years ago. And we walk by, and we hear people talking. We're like, oh, shit, someone's here. Perfect. We can get some more beer or whatever. And we go in there like, oi, oi, bomb di or whatever. And uh, the guy comes out and he's got the cauliflower ears. So I already knew like he was a fighter, like, you know, those messed up ears of the fighters and uh, whatever. We start talking and his other buddy was with him that lives with him. Like, they're just friends, I guess. He was like a total hippie. He had the Bob Marley hat on. He had dreads, everything. And uh, obviously I bring up the fighting because I saw his ears and he did 200 professional matches in Sao Paulo, uh, UFC. So that dude's been through the rigor. I'm like, oh shit, you need to definitely teach me a couple of moves out here. And obviously, like, there's no service here and no one else is on the beach. And I'm with like a you know a pretty girl. So it's kind of you always got to be like on edge or whatever. So I was constantly like asking her, like, hey, do you feel good? Because I don't speak Portuguese. They they don't speak English, right? And uh, so we're kind of like feeling it out or whatever, but ended up being like three hours of just drinking with them. They were all smoking marijuana. Um, then uh, he finally got the mats out. And we were practicing UFC fighting with like the beach in the background for like 10 minutes. And he just put me in 500 different pretzels. We recorded the whole thing. It was hilarious. But the guy was so happy. Like he was looking at the video. And, but I mean, that's a, a cool thing about, <clears throat> remember she asked me like, are you scared? Like, I mean, are you crazy? Like, what is this? And it turned out to be like just an absolute beautiful adventure day. So I think there's some messages to that. Do you, do you find any messages in there, George? Are you scared? Are you scared? Well, okay. Firstly, I think she was just, uh, I wouldn't call it a shit test because that's what we, we talk about pickup and that's the term that goes on with that. But I feel like, um, if you just go for it and you're not, and you're, you're not scared and you don't think about what could go wrong. Cause if you were thinking about what could go wrong, then yeah, you're going to be scared. You're with a chick that's on LSD that you've never seen. And all of a sudden you come across fucking Floyd Mayweather of Brazil. Yeah. You could be scared. But it, I think I think it might be a little uh, a metaphor for just diving in the deep end with the cold water, baby. Cold water showers are amazing, by the way. But yeah, I, I would say if you if you look at things in a positive light and you expect to have fun, that's where you'll gravitate to. And also, by the way, if you were scared and if you were acting sketchy in front of the fighter, the cauliflower, what? Hold on, what's the cauliflower ear thing? What are you talking about with that? You ever see wrestlers or fighters, their ears are like this and they're like beat up and like torn apart? It's a no. known thing. A lot of listeners will understand this. 
that's their, their, their ears are messed up if they fought a lot. Okay. Okay. But honestly, yeah, I think, I think if you would have signaled to him that you were scared, Hey, that's weakness. And like you're saying, you're with a pretty girl. I mean, you could have gotten fucking robbed. You could have been, you could have been looked at as an easy target, but when you're not scared, you just dive right in and you don't even think about the negatives. Odds are that the matrix will reward you. I think you got out of the matrix a little bit. You always talk about getting out of the matrix and okay, actually let's, let's touch on that. When you say get out of the matrix, like you were saying, there's people that have came up to me and been like, you guys are a conspiracy pod. And people will look at the matrix as like some sort of conspiracy. Please, please dumb this down for the listeners. Cause I've been internalizing the matrix thing recently. What, what do you mean when you say getting out of the matrix? To go back to your point though. Yeah. Fortune does favor the bold. And I think if you don't show weakness and it's not like it doesn't process in my brain, like I'm not an idiot. Like I, I felt her vibe the first time we hung out, we hung out before that. And, you know, I got stuff in my backpack that I could put up a fight with. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what do you got I, in I your did, backpack? Are you allowed to say on here? Uh, just like taser or like a pepper spray. I have like a pocket knives, shit like that. Like I'm not going to go down with, without a fight. And uh, unless they have a gun, if they have a gun, like you just have to give your, your stuff to them. But yeah, I think I just come in there with the vibes. I'm really good at disarming people and like asking certain questions or, or saying certain things to like get them like on my side or not. Like if you're like, you see someone in a dark alley or something like that, you, you want to say stuff like, or like in the morning, like in the morning when I walk on the street, there's homeless people and I'll be like, Hey, bomb DI or oh, good morning. Or I'll give them a cigarette. So I'm like planting seeds to like, Oh, that's the nice gringo. Or I know him or like in the future, you know, some bad guy, they're like, no, don't touch him type deal. You know what I mean? Like I'm really good at, Oh, you're a jujitsu guy. That's so cool. Like acting like really interested in him, which I was. So maybe he likes me in return because here's a good tip for people to, to be a really interesting person or for people to like you, you need to act and be super interested in them. We talked about and that just, on this pod. Yeah. So oh, artisan, knew, artisan. Yeah. He, he barely knew anything about me, but I guarantee like, after we left, he was hugging. They're all hugging me. They're like, you need to come back. We'll show you the best party. And they, they didn't know anything about me, but I think they thought I was probably one of the most interesting people they met. They're like, who the, like, who is this great random gringo? Like, so that's a big thing. I just asked questions about them. Like I was asking the, there was a homeless guy that showed up too. He lives in the woods. So there's three dudes, the hippie, the fighter, and the homeless guy that lives in the woods in the jungle. He's been living there for five years. And I'm like, hey, like, why did you decide to do this? And like, what is your mindset? Are you happy? And like all this shit, like it was a great time, but it's not like it doesn't process in my brain. But I think I've gotten really like street smart and I've always been like a aware person. Okay. Out of the matrix. What do I mean by that? Okay. Maybe uh, on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm in Florianapolis, Brazil, doing one of the most amazing hikes, drinking vino with a girl, a financial advisor who's on LSD, three <laughs> hours of incredible views that I land on a deserted, empty beach, you know, hanging out with people I never would imagine I'd ever meet in my life, having a great time. Like that's like an out of the matrix type thing. It's just like, it's saying no to what like you're supposed to do maybe, maybe in life and like just going for it and just doing shit. And, and, uh, I don't know. Not, uh, does it kind of explain it or no? Okay, well, let me, let me jump in. Cause like we said earlier, we, you and I are both bold. We better be bold. Cause we're on fucking bold perceptions. We're hosting it, but we're just different dynamics or, uh, intensities. Um, most people are not going to get to the point where they're with a financial advisor that has LSD in system meeting fighter Johnson in Brazil. 
Okay. And that, that's your, that's your, um, your measure of getting out of the matrix. But then if you dumb it down for anybody else that may not even travel, like living for a living said, Joey Bradley, he literally said the simplest way to get out of the matrix for anybody, literally just take a different way home. Okay. Cause then you'll see a different person that you've never seen. That'll lead to a different conversation. You've never had conversations lead to thoughts. You start replaying your mind. You start thinking a different way. Uh, thoughts becomes actions. All of a sudden you're doing something different just cause you took a different way home. Uh, I, I think it's just being aware of changing it up. And like we've said this whole time, just don't assume everything that you believe is true because once you have a very stubborn set of beliefs, there's zero chance you're going to learn anything new or accept anything outside of what you know. And there's so many beliefs and so many different thought processes and religions and rituals in the world. How could you limit yourself to one? So I'm not even sure how I got to this point, but like getting out of the matrix is different to everybody. You, you got, you're an extremist. So you are doing the shit you're talking about. Everything you talk about is what you do, but I just want, people in the audience that may not be able to travel or something. I don't want them to think that just because they're not in a foreign country that they can't get out of their fucking matrix as well. Cause I mean, anybody can do that and anybody can get caught in a routine no matter where they are too. I just think there's something to be said about, I don't know, just, just testing your beliefs a little bit. And like you said earlier, if we put up a story and you get mad, Bold Perceptions puts up a story and you, the listener, gets mad or you're, you have a negative reaction. Why is that? Why? Uh, why? Because you, you clearly are adhering or, or grabbing on to these comfortable beliefs. Something's triggered in your mind. I don't know if you don't want your, your mind and your beliefs shattered. Because I'll tell you this. I grew up very Christian um, and like very just safe. I wanted to be safe. I didn't want any scary Illuminati YouTube sleepover stuff. Didn't want any of it because it made me so fucking uncomfortable. And I was like so young that I was like, wait, the world, there's more than I know about the world. Like, I just, I know how that goes. And, uh, I don't know how I got onto this point, Nick. I took two Tangalis today. That's probably why, but Jesus, if you're getting pissed off at our stuff, Ask yourself why. Is it because uh, you don't want to go on a hike with a financial advisor on LSD? No, that's not it. It's because we're probably we're probably challenging something in your thought process. And if you're mad, that means you're sensitive about it. So you don't have full belief in it. So why not just explore around a little bit? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying here. Yeah, no, those are fantastic points. <clears throat> and I was talking to someone recently. So when I first started this podcast, I was worried about every freaking, you know, audio released. And did I say this right? And who's going to, oh, this is bad, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you slowly get over it because you get desensitized to it. You realize no one really gives a fuck. The people that give a fuck are the people that actually support you and like what your messages are. And uh, like we posted that um, Tinder uh, video with T-Bob on the, the IG. I was another thing. I'm like, oh, God, do I want to say this? Do I want to put it out there? And... Uh, then I realized like we got some good traction, some good comments on there. You've got to just step into who you are because you're going to attract the people that you want in your life that support it, that agree with it. Hopefully there's, there's people, you don't want everyone agreeing totally with it. They want, you want to challenge it in a healthy way. You know what I mean? But everyone is living. A lot of people I've done it. They live 
to what, what that other person don't, they don't even like is going to think about this post on Instagram or like, you know what I mean? And those people don't even come unless you blow up. You know what I mean? Like I've, I heard this from a lot of other creators. They got, you know, 500,000 YouTube subscribers and they had like no hate and they got to a million and all of a sudden they got hate. And it's just like, so look at all those people that were supporting you. And then you got these minority voices that disagree with your lifestyle from reasons like you probably said about, uh, well, it's challenging their beliefs and they're scared and that's, that's hurting them. And so it's like, you, you just got to step into it. And it's not ever going to be like, I was worried about, oh, someone's going to take this and send it to business and, and they're going to come after me, but they're not, they're really not. And once you just do it and expose yourself to it, like I said before, you get really desensitized and then you try more and you get bolder and bolder. Like, yeah, three, four years ago, do you think I would have went on a, a three hour hike with a financial advisor that I barely know on LSD meeting? No, I wouldn't have done any of that shit. Maybe I would. I was always crazy, but not that crazy. Well, you still got the Dennis Rodman jersey on. That's yeah, like I will that for you. That was your alter ego in basketball. You were okay. Here's a good story from the listeners. So Nick and I played basketball probably I'd say two or three years in a row. I don't know. I can't remember. But you you would literally dive after loose balls that were in that, that were out of bounds for a solid three seconds. And literally every single white mom would spread the word about you so quick that you would automatically be judged whenever we walked in. It was hilarious. I, I, hilarious teammate. But like you would, uh, you went out of your way to just cause mayhem, and every single mom and Karen in the stands literally hated you right away, just because they're. Uh, that, that could be that could be a metaphor in of itself, but that that, that that's why it reminded me of the Rodman jersey because you idolized Rodman for being a disruptor. Explain why we adapt to crime. I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. That's how we own it. Live at the main event. I better trip them out. We own it. Presidential suites, my residential for the weekend. Confidentially speaking in code since I sent you beacon. The NXS rental. Don't be fooled, my game is mental. We both out of town, dog. What you trying to get into? Viva Las Vegas. See ya later at the crab tables. Meet me by the one that starts a G up. This way, no fraud, Willie's present. And uh, you internalize that. You were shooting your free throws from the elbow. I've never seen anything, never seen anything like it. But I think I think there's some deeper shit to that though. Like look, going back to the self improvement and whatnot. I think um, like I should have been focused on you know scoring or becoming a complete basketball player, but I just kind of stepped into that that element. And maybe there's some good things to it and, and bad things to it. Like just saying fuck it and, and doing what I want to do. But also it was comfortable maybe. So instead of doing and getting hurt, not scoring. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to rebound and play defense. You know what I mean? I bet Robin did similar things when their mindsets in his his career. Like, he was a good scorer in junior college and college. Or I think he just played Duco, and then he got drafted. He was actually a good scorer, and then he just said, oh, I'm just a rebound playboy, you know, defender, and obviously became one of the greatest of all time. And so, yeah, like everything, it's it's a balance. But that's an interesting thing you, you brought up. And I'm starting to get into it after I heard the, the Dan Bilzerin um, interview. He there just – he did a new um, book, and I think it was with the Nelk Boys, and it was really good. That dude's actually, you know, a smart dude, and he's not, you know, he played the game of Instagram. But if you actually listen to him, he's very interesting. But he said when he was writing the book, um, it took him like a year or two years. He had to go back in his past, and he started analyzing the situation. He's like, oh, so that's why I do what I did here, and like how much his childhood shaped him. And that's what sometimes I started thinking about when I look back in my life like what shaped me and why I went the, the routes I did. And it's, it's pretty fascinating. Everyone should kind of look back and, and realize like 
things didn't just just happen. Like there was always oh, you 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 acted this way because this and this led to that. I think it's fascinating. Well, and that's why some of you probably get mad at our stories. I'm serious. Like that's exactly why because you got these sub. Here's my point. Who cares, George? Like you like it's it's good to say this for the listeners, but look, if you support us, you support us. If you don't, it's just like it is what it True. is. You know what I mean, like if if you're not doing harm to other people. If you think you're doing a good service, which I think bull perception is not only for the people, but for us, we get a lot of value from it. It's like, it is what it is. Then let's just step into it and go for it. That's why we need to keep fucking posting, but your stupid phone is too blurry or something. Dude, we got to figure out the specs, but okay. Real world example right there. I keep bringing up the people that may or may not be disliking us. Why is that? Okay. Let's go back. I was a people pleaser in high school. See, it all comes full circle. I wanted people to like me. So I'm still trying to break out of that shell. So all I'm saying is, look at your past. Why why do you cling on to a specific set of beliefs? Probably because it's just comfortable, reminds you of childhood. So it's not bad if you start thinking or exploring different things. You'll catch yourself being like, shit, no, 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 no. This is like out of my comfort zone. No, this isn't it. This is out of my bubble. Gotta go for it. That's what the, that's what Allie the psychic told me. Shed the snake skin. She told me this like a year ago, two years ago. She's been on the pod. I gotta get back to her. But it's just an interesting concept. You you talked about childhood and uh you got the Rodman thing on now. It's all come full circle. It's like a Lion King moment, the circle of life here. But I'm fired up today. I got a lot of words. I, I think it's a fascinating how we came back to the point of the the self-improvement destruction thing. Uh, the the self improvement you wouldn't have these weird thoughts and you would just dismiss them and go oh, I'm gonna go go work out at the gym because then I don't have to think about it you know what I mean so I think uh, it's always goes full circle we're pretty smart we're getting pretty good at this podcasting but that's the big thing if something challenges your comfortability you talk about the the comfort zone it's not just you know traveling but like what we're, we're if you see a story or you see some sort of media and it challenges something inside of you. Kind of think about it for a second. Don't just get angry and comment because a lot of media is that now. It's called bait media. I talked about this before. There's a Yahoo article on Tony Romo saying Tom Brady's wife is pretty. And they're like, this is uncalled for. This is the worst thing ever. And literally all the comments were saying, Yahoo, you're stupid. Yahoo, this is totally fine. But they got thousands and thousands of comments. Everyone was saying the same thing against the article. And Yahoo wins. It's bait. They're trying to get you to engage. And negative emotions usually cause a lot of action because you feel so uncomfortable. You have to say something, get it off your chest or, or do something. So don't get consumed by the media, but people bringing up different things or saying, hey, let's go to this new bar or let's take a dance class. And it, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, do it. You know what I mean? Because that's the destruction part. It destroys, it hurts your ego, which is not, uh, not easy for a lot of people to handle. That's where the self-improvement, the real shit comes from. Great point on the bait media because that's all media is these days, A. Uh, B, we've talked about Tim Ferriss before when we were – I can't remember why we were bringing him up, but I've listened to a few uh, – is it Tim Ferriss? Yeah, Tim Ferriss things, and uh, his big thing is controlling and mastering your emotions. So that doesn't mean always be stoic or never react to anything, but, like, when you do feel the reaction, like, step back. Uh, take note of what you are reacting to in what manner, and then just kind of internalize and analyze why that is. Just take note of it. Uh, like, again, you don't need to be a monk and be completely blank faced and not react to shit and just be 
what the hell's going on here? You just put us in like a 4D metaverse. <laughs> I could okay, be aware of the emotions. I like this. You're going that's kind of groovy. I kind of like this. I'm being aware of my surroundings. I'm in the metaverse. I want to have a metaverse episode soon. Um, but I'm just saying, like Ferris says this all the time, like one of the most um common denominators and very, very successful people are is sorry, this is singular. Uh, is the control and the masterness? Is it mastering? Mastering your emotions. So, like we're saying, just the bait media. Like, there's, it's a. We live in a world full of triggers. So you're never gonna be just non-reactive all day. Just, just take note of it. Why did you react that way? What did you react to? And just, just store it. Store it. You don't need to connect all the dots in the moment. But, and that's something I need. I need to work on, dude. I get irrationally fired up sometimes. So I need to uh, tone it back at times. No, me too. And I like we said, there's the world full of triggers, and sometimes negative Dude, emotions are. This is tri- this background's triggering me. I like this a lot. What is this all about? I don't know. I just threw it on there. Uh, negative emotions though can cause triggers for action, so they're not all bad to 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 feel. You know, when you break up with a, a girlfriend and you're motivated to look good and change your life, and there's a lot of good things that happen with negative emotions. So use them. Okay, last thing, George. Uh, because you brought it up to me and I'm very excited and happy and I feel like it's like a, a journey. Oh, for I know, I know where this is going. So, so you're thinking about maybe getting away from Minneapolis for a month or two or what's going on? Well, so we, I went to Chicago, right? And it's just full of life, just a ton of, and a, just a ton of different types of people. Cause we did a reel. I can't remember which city you were in, but we uh, we compared it to the Chicago of Europe. Which which city was that? Marseille, France. Marseille, France. In the sense that it's kind of like a cultural melting pot, right? And yeah. uh, I went to Chicago, had an absolute hoot of a time. And then I came back to Minneapolis, my home, the next weekend. And I, I legit was standing in line for a bar that I've been to hundreds of times. And like not even that many people were in this line. And this is on the heels of this weekend in Chicago, which was very fun. And I was I was looking around and I was like, what the hell? Like, this is such a small world example. Like, literally, this town is an hour and a half flight from my from my home. So it's not a, across the world by any means. But I was sitting there and I was like, dude, if I had that much fun just leaving for a weekend, an hour and a half away on a plane, like, what the hell else is out there, right? And I've, I've lived in Minnesota, went to college in Minnesota, whole life. I got this Minnesotan accent. You can hear it. But yeah, I just, I mentioned it to you because I was like, Jesus, like, I don't have a house right now. I don't have kids right now. I mean, I got to, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, my, my mind's starting to turn a little bit, you know, see, subconsciously all this bold travel talk, I've rejected it, but all of a sudden, look at me now, look at me now. So we'll, we'll see. I have to figure it out. I, I really like where I'm at in terms of a job right now. I do want to hang on to it and uh, we'll see what happens, but I am starting to have the wheels turn in my head a little bit. Yeah. I think the transformation has been crazy looking back on um, since we started doing this together. Like, I mean, you, you left a, a, one of the most stable jobs in, in America to do this new job. I, I think your point is, dude, I think you've done everything in Minnesota. Like you, you've, you had your social circle, you, the woman, you did the lakes, you did the, the bars in Minneapolis. Like, <laughs> the lakes. I think, I think uh, you're ready to, when you got exposed to that Chicago, that feeling, I think you, I think you're, you're craving it. Cause like you said, dude, 
just think if you do own a home or you do get a kid, this is the rest of your life. It's what you're doing now. Oh, and by the way, by the way, I am meeting with uh, your father tomorrow and about 24 hours from right now to talk a little, not even, it's not even about living in a house, but I I want to get into uh, Airbnb, like T-Bob, rental arbitrage. I just want to feel that out because you can always have property in one state, move to a different state, rent that out, right? The world's just very big. And uh, all the all the apps, just like Airbnb alone, it's made a lot of possibilities come to fruition. So, carry yeah, on. I'm not, I'm not saying he wouldn't have met with you um, uh, it, it, uh, two years ago. Probably would because you know we, we were friends growing up. But I think uh, he really likes my bold perceptions. So there's another value thing you get from having the balls to put yourself out there, and and people <laughs> respect it. People are like, okay, hey, I'm gonna get my time. This dude's a busy freaking man. He's like, I'm going to get my time, me with you. Let's let's shoot this shit because I think you probably respects you for what you've done here on Bold Perceptions. Well, shit. I might have to uh, get a little bold discount on something. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. But no, I uh, and last point, actually. Last point. You said earlier when you put yourself out there and you're genuine, like you'll attract the people that are like you. Uh, and of course, with that will come like you'll you'll lose some people. But like that's and this is probably as corny as we'll get. We might even cut this out, but why would you not want the people that are most like you around you? And the easiest way to do that is to just be your fucking, like, speak your actual thoughts. Don't get censored. Don't get, don't like conform to whatever everybody else wants to hear. Like, you know, don't take everybody's opinion and then speak the mean average of what everybody says. Cause then you're just going to end up with a bunch of people that you don't know if you like, and you got to filter them out all over again. It's the quickest way to attract very like-minded people to your life to just like be raw dog. Your honest opinion, honestly, is what I would say. Just genuine, genuine. I do. I do feel for people who are in like a certain, like a location. So a lot of people are just, Hey, I'm this location. It's much harder because like, these are your social circles and a lot of people kind of know each other. And so I understand like you want to put your play both sides in the fence or, but I don't know if you want to just keep living that way. I think it's, I think it will eat you alive in the end. Um, I do think, yeah, you definitely attract the people if you be yourself, but be careful that that group isn't another group thing group, like make sure that they're testing you or they're pushing you. Not all friendships and relationships are rosies and, and dandelions. Just look if it's more of a, a cost benefit to you or not. But yeah, it's, it's a great point. Like I, I get it though. Someone that's in a situation like at work, you know, if you got a pretty girl next to you and like you, it's like you can't just be like, hey, excuse me. I think you're you're really attractive. I'd like to get a, a coffee with you. It's like, <laughs> and she denies you. Everyone in the the work thinks you're this dorky guy, and you're hitting on people in your co-working space. So, I get you to play it more slowly if you're in a location permanently. But I still, I think uh, the grass is greener if you live a true, authentic self and life, or at least what you think is authentic and what makes you happy. I had a very, very interesting train of thought the other day because, like I, like we've said, I'm in a new office, and it's so fascinating because, okay, I'll, just, I'll, I'll say this. I'm very, very confident in myself as, um, you know, an emotionally intelligent social guy. Like, I know I will make friends, okay? I know that. And if it sounds cocky, I'm sorry. I just I, – I trust myself. Stop so, apologizing. True, true. Sorry for apologizing. Double sorry. <laughs> um, but so – 
I've, I've, I've taken little notes. I'll like pick a few people in this office that I'm looking at right now and I'll note how they interact with me like the first week. And then I compare it like week to week to week as I start like building social proof with other people that they know. And it's like one of the weirdest experiments you can run because like I know the end, end point will be like, they'll respect me. We'll have a great conversation. They'll think I'm funny, whatever. Um, but it's just interesting to see like, as like I make other relationships and uh, it, you know, not like dating relationships. Right. But like, as I shoot the shit and just loosen people up around me and get them to like, just act like a person around me, not like a fucking water cooler living, living the dream kind of person. You know what I mean? It's very interesting to see the social proof impact relationships and like the people that I actually know are like me from the go start gravitating towards me eventually. It's, it's very, very interesting. Start doing that. If you guys are in some sort of new environment, just have confidence that you're going to end up being buddies with them or whatever is going to go on. And like, you'll just, A, you'll move more confidently. You'll be more genuine in general, but it's so interesting to watch like the checkpoints that they subconsciously see in you on that, like, I hate this word journey, but like the journey towards uh, being cool with them. It's just, I, I need to like write up an essay about this. It's yeah. been so fascinating to watch. I don't even know yeah, where that, like, that is really, it's almost like American psycho, like a sociopath, George, you're playing everyone here. A little I just, tip, I just tip my hat a little too much there. I tip my hat a little <laughs> well, I, I'm fascinating. Let's keep moving. Cause I, I like this, but I'm fascinating with, uh, with social dynamics. I, I got it. into it. I got into it with um, relating to men and women, like dating, but like uh, looking at it with with relationships in your life and and the power balances and you know it's it's freaking nuts. I I, I suggest everyone read uh, Influence, the famous um, persuasion book. But there's so much stuff out there about you know our relationships with people. A crazy thing that you were just reminding me of was uh, did you see Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh my God, girl. We got to touch on this. Oh, my gosh. I wish we could. I, I had it loaded here. I could play it. But basically, they're at some party, you know, all dressed up. And Bezos girl, like his new one, because he got divorced, was just eyes gleaming at Caprio trying to touch him. And then Caprio looking, was like, looking up at Leo, too. Bezos is like shorter than her, first of all. And, and DiCaprio is like doing this with his finger, but it looks like it's at Bezo, you know, whatever conversation, like waving his finger. And he just looks like a little boy, Bezos. And DiCaprio is trying to leave. And uh, Bezos' girl's like following her, following him. And Bezos like trying to get a word in. I mean, I don't care what you say. I mean, this dude is one of the most you know powerful men in the world money-wise, but he just got totally – I mean, your ego would be destroyed. I mean, hurt big time, I think, there. Like, you just got embarrassed. I mean, it was. It was – you could just see it. Everyone could see it. He made fun of it, though, which I give uh, Bezos a lot of credit. Only thing you can do in that situation. He posted a picture on Twitter that said, uh, st or stay away. It's a uh, deep cliff. cliff. Like, he's like, Leo, I need to talk to you. Come here or something like that. So <laughs> Bezos, I, bear, I guarantee someone said that to help his public image because that was bad. No, it was bad. And it reminds me, like, my, like no matter how much money you got, like social dynamics are fucking huge because you can't go up to anybody. Maybe in the future when, you know, China's government takes over, you'll have your bank statement on your chest, but you can't, you can't get by like with your materials. You got to have charisma, confidence, eye contact, posture, all that shit is speaks volumes. And, uh, if you didn't know who Bezos was in that video, you, you legit would have thought he was fucking Caillou grown up. 
and Leo. I mean, Leo's Leo. Leo doesn't have to do shit, but he got to where he is because he's so good with people and uh, social dynamics himself. So that that was nuts. I knew you'd see that and love that. Yeah, that was fascinating. Um, great. I think it was a wonderful episode. If you guys like this when we do it, uh, the, the host only, let us know. We're going to do it anyways because it's, it's enjoyable. We can get uh, more content out there. Make sure to check us out on the Instagram. For the most part, we're posting daily, if it's not the story, but these reels and, and all that fun stuff at bold underscore perceptions. Again, like the crypto dude hit me up earlier. We had Tommy hit me up, met him in person. That is very important to we're trying to make this podcast the vehicle create real world relationships so if you're listening to this message us on instagram we're not as active on the facebook or the tiktok but we're trying to do shit in real life that's what that's what we want so make sure you feel welcome to to get in touch with us george yeah no really good point um legitimately like any anybody that we can find through this podcast that fucks with us more, more likely than not we're gonna fuck with you so because that means we're on the same wavelength. We just talked about it. Putting ourselves out there to attract the people we want. So if you feel even a little urge, DM us. We're fun guys. We share the Instagram. We delete each other's stories. We build off each other's stories. We'll DM you together. Nick likes his voice messages. I'll be the text guy. Hit us up. Something good will come of it. Hi right, guys. Have a wonderful day and live bold. It comes to it, we all fiends gotta do it. Even righteous minds go through this. True this, the street schoolers to spend our money foolish. Bond with jewelers and watch for intruders. I stepped it up another level, meditated like a Buddhist. Recruited lieutenants with ludicrous. Dreams are getting cream, let's do this. It gets tedious, so I keep one eye open like CBS. You see me stress, right? Can I live? 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 Can I